Welcome to the Beanholes Podcast, episode number 76. Uh, this week we tried to do something just a bit different, just to kind of break up the monotony. We just came off of this huge Batman month, so um, it was just kind of a post-WrestleMania show. So we might do this every year. We might do a, a pre- or post-WrestleMania show. Maybe get some other voices on who um, could get a discussion about you know wrestling and stuff. Nate respects wrestling uh, and and knows about it can at least um, keep up with me but it's it's really Eric heavy when it comes to the wrestling stuff but don't worry that's not the entire episode we, we kind of get to that in the beginning talk a little bit more about DC and kind of the fallout uh, since Batman v Superman came out and then we get into a lot of Walking Dead stuff so if you haven't seen the uh, season finale season six finale with uh, Negan uh, spoilers pretty much uh, we're gonna go over you know, the, the stuff that happened at the end of that episode. So just a, you know, very hodgepodge uh, episode. And and once in a while, we'll, we'll do that instead of just focusing on one topic, just to kind of, you know, if we have a multiple amount of topics that we want to just get off our chest, we'll have like a, a central one. This week was, uh, you know, at least like 20 minutes just talking about wrestling and uh, what happened this last weekend and, and how WrestleMania went down and stuff and the importance of the revival of the women's division and things like that. So uh, don't worry. Don't, don't freak out. If you're not wrestling, uh, at least listen to it. Maybe you'll get an understanding or an appreciation. Um, so that's that. But also don't want to forget that this podcast is sponsored by audible.com. You can try uh, audible for 30 days. You get a 30 day trial of the service. It's audio books. So it's like podcasts, except for somebody reading you a story chapter by chapter. You can sign up at audibletrial.com slash beanholes. You don't have to uh, uh, keep the trial going. You can cancel at any time. And even if you cancel, you get a free audio book of your choosing. Uh, this week, I'm going to give a recommendation of uh, former WWE superstar JTG wrote a book called Why Did I Write This Book? And it's about his experience in the company and kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit on uh, on wrestling. So check that out by JTG. Why did I write this book on Audible? AudibleTrial.com slash Beanholes. So let's, um, let's get into the swing of things. We got some wrestling to talk about. We got some Batman v Superman fallout and we got some walking dead this week on the bean holes episode number 76 wrestlemania 32 the bean holes eric and nate the bean holes they're really pretty great so shut up and listen to them talk eric and nate hello friends oh that's the joe rogan style opening oh geez uh welcome to Are you joe rogan fan uh I like I like about a third of his podcasts because he does. Uh, he let me just say welcome to the Bean Holes. <laughs> I'm Nate. I'm Eric. All right, now back to Joe Rogan. Uh, no, the Joe Rogan experience. I listen to first of all. You got to skip the first eight to ten minutes because he pops all his commercials in up front. That's and, good. No, it, it's very cool because he's like he he knows like if you don't want to listen to this shit, like you can just get right past it and then listen to his three and a half hour conversation with whoever he's talking with. But I don't like. I'm not so into when he has a comedian. I'm definitely not at all into when he has like a, a mixed martial artist on. Yeah, yeah. But um, but a good portion of the time he has like 
a really intelligent, um, like a scientist or some, or a political activist or something. And it's a very intelligent conversation. Not to say that his other, with comedians and, and with, uh, martial artists, it often is a very intelligent conversation. Um, but those, I, I just, for whatever reason, uh, I really like when he's talking with, with somebody that gets really, really in depth in like biochemistry or, or, well, it know. seems like out of his element. Well, and so, sometimes yeah. that could come up with yeah. the better conversations. Yeah. He has, he has like really good questions for someone that doesn't know what the hell the other person's talking about to, to yeah, an extent. Yeah. Um, if he's interviewing a, uh, an MMA, yeah. star you it's know, just basically two guys that. geeking out and like yeah. i'll listen to our podcast if well they're already probably friends already and and that yeah. could that could make or break a conversation um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um so yeah there I we go i think the worst uh show for commercials and it's not i you know my favorite wrestler of all time is chris jericho and yeah. his his podcast i guess we'll plug talk is jericho um in what the talk is Jericho? Yeah, because his big slogan when he came over to to Raw was "Raw is Jericho," and right. so, so um, he'll do like in the middle of the conversation when he has a commercial break, it won't be like you know, hey, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. It, it'll be him, like the person he's interviewing will say something uh, as such of, uh, yeah. So then I was mowing the lawn and the craziest thing happened. And then Jericho in studio, not during the conversation will go, Oh, so that, you know, Oh, that that's crazy. That something happened while you were mowing the lawn. But before we get to that, we're going to, you know, listen to this, uh, yeah. you know, then I'm going to, I want to talk about autocardealer.com. And then yeah. at the end of that ad, he'll go, he'll like try to act like it was during that conversation. So you were saying something crazy happened when you were mowing the lawn and then it'll <laughs> like, and you can tell that it's different audio types, Yeah. but I, it's just, it's a, just a small pet peeve of mine where it just, it's, it's, it, it's like they try to do it where it was a smooth segue, but, but, but it's actually a real commercial break. Pretty much. Yeah, they, that's it, weird. You know? Yeah. Well, well, that's, it, it, I mean, it, he's the only one that does that. Yeah. From what I can tell, and it, I've been listening to it for so long that I'm used to it, but it's just still one of those like, yeah, eh, it's still kind of annoying. But um, I guess that's an interesting segue into <laughs> into our commercial break. Into our commercial break. <laughs> segues are not good segues if you say here's a segue. But <laughs> well, if I pulled out a segue and said here's a segue, that'd be pretty interesting. <sighs> you know. The uh, ride of the future. Yeah. Remember at one point, you know, in the last year, the biggest thing have been those quote unquote hoverboards. Yeah. You know, which is essentially a segue without the handle. Yeah. And with a higher chance of catching on fire. Yeah. Um, remember once upon a time when segues, maybe like 10 years ago, when those were the big thing. Like, oh my God, you have a segue. And now no matter how much money you have, nobody even wants to be near those things. Yeah. It's just a joke. <laughs> I think honestly, because it was because the company itself was like the marketing for it was basically saying like cities are going to be built around this. Like this is such a revolution. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's just a really cool twist on a fucking scooter. And it's kind of biting off a little bit more 
you yeah. could chew. Yeah. Because bicycles, I can't imagine when a, you know, like the modern bicycle when that was being marketed, like this is going to revolutionize cities. Like, yeah. no, that well, just, that's actually really, really funny that you, you brought that up as a comparison because initially bicycles were something that people got laughed at for. Oh yeah. When we had the ones with the giant yeah. wheel in the front. Yeah. Oh, look at this fancy thing. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> guys with the curly mustaches and, uh, yeah, well, no, it really was just very, very similar. It was like. There were some people that thought that was like this super cool new thing. And, but most people were like, you look like a moron. Like you look like in like some kind of circus clown on that thing. And, and I still feel like unicycles have that. Well, absolutely. <laughs> have that uh, stigma, <laughs> which is crazy because they require far more skill to, to use than a bicycle. Yeah. It is impressive. But, uh, yeah. So, um, as I'm sure Eric has already mentioned in an, an intro that he tacks on to the beginning of this episode, we're going to be doing a lot of, a lot of, a lot of little subjects today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, this is going to be the first year that we're at least going to hopefully down the road, if this is, if we feel like this is good enough, uh, kind of a post pre or post WrestleMania show. Mm -hmm. I think that's, a. Uh, Wait, did interesting. you just? Okay, I, I think I might have misunderstood what you said. Now I do, but uh, now I do understand it. But I, <laughs> I thought you were saying like every episode this year is going to be a post WrestleMania show. Well, which, technically, for the rest of the year, <laughs> every episode will be a post WrestleMania <laughs> show. Um, so yeah, WrestleMania 32 was this weekend uh, from Dallas in the new uh, AT and T Stadium, mm -hmm. and uh, well. All weekend there was stuff going on. They had the NXT takeover from Dallas show on Friday night, which uh, if you've never now, I've, I don't think I've ever shown you an episode of NXT. It's really cool. What this is all Triple H's love, love child, this yep. this little brand. Um, he took WWE as a company and as a wrestling company he used to have a bunch of different developmental territories around the country. So they, yep. they'd find a wrestling school slash local show and say, do you want to be under our umbrella? You'll train guys we send to you. And then, you know, when they come up to us, you get credit for it if they're mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. stuff. Like there used to be one in Ohio, Ohio Valley wrestling. And I think guys like there was one class of like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Batista, like all in one core group there. Yeah. So their main one though, that they ran themselves was in Florida. Mm -hmm. It was called Florida championship wrestling. That got rebranded, I think, three or four years ago to NXT, which I've mentioned before on the show uh, when we did our episode of Daniel Bryan. He was a part of that first season uh, when they had NXT as like a re like a competition type wrestling show on Sci-Fi. Yep, yep. So when that failed, Triple H took the name and rebranded. They closed all these other developmental they uh, territories, and they had the uh, they built a performance center down in. You know, or I think Orlando, uh, which is essentially like the biggest wrestling gym out there. Yep. yep. So then they took this show and they, it, it's insane. Over the last three or four years, he's built, um, he's taken guys who are truly in developmental, guys who are green, which is like a term like you're, you know, you're not skilled, yep. and bringing veteran independent wrestlers around the world that are famous in there so that it brings buzz, but also helps other guys train. And it's, 
what they were doing for women. I mean, two years ago, uh, the women down in NXT were some of the most respected wrestlers in the world. And that's why that kind of bled into what WWE is doing, which is I, you know, we'll get to what happened this weekend. But anyway, they had this big show on, um, they have about four big shows a year. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. Just that using that term is confusing given that the big show is the name of (laughs) one of the most recognizable wrestlers. Yeah. They have like superstars. uh, I should say every month WWE does a, big event, a pay-per-view. Yeah. NXT does about four a year and they're always, yeah, I would pay, I would rather honestly go to one of those shows than WrestleMania. It's honestly that good. Um, so they had that Friday, you know, they did their hall of fame ceremony on Saturday. Um, sting, which was a, uh-huh. you know, a huge name from the nineties got, uh, inducted big boss man. who was a great character and honestly a, like a great, you know, he was a, good guy baby face in the eighties as the cop. Like, and if you watch videos, people, you know, that was back when cops weren't as despised as they are today. (laughs) And then during the nineties, he came back in all black with like black aviators and was the bad guy. Like he was a bad police officer. (laughs) And I look at this and go, wow, this is, that's real shit right there. Cop going bad. Um, and Snoop Dogg also got inducted into the WWE hall of fame into the celebrity wing for his contributions over the last few years. Yeah. So wrestling fans, that's a usually a um, bit of contention with the celebrity wing. I think you can't really have wrestling without celebrities. They've kind of been there from the forefront. They've kind of built wrestling. They helped like bring attention to it. You know, Mr. T, Andy Kaufman. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's great to honor people who, at least to bring eyes to the product. And yeah, I've seen Snooki. I've seen John Stewart, Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump has housed two or three WrestleManias. He was a big of, he was a part of uh, WrestleMania 23. And one of the biggest draws of that show was the hair versus hair match with him and Vince McMahon. <laughs> um, and no, their hair didn't fight. It was because <laughs> we all know Donald Trump's hair would win. Oh yeah, matchup. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think Donald Trump's hair doesn't have to stay attached to Donald Trump's body, so it's definitely much more maneuverable than Vince McMahon's. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Donald Trump, we watched The Little Rascals the other night on Netflix. I totally forgot he cameoed in that movie as <laughs> <laughs> like this, the fake Macaulay Culkin's father. That is awesome. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know Snoop Dogg has. Uh, been a celebrity host at a WrestleMania um, almost 10 years ago. And he's appeared many times on raw and has always been a big proponent of it. And this guy, like, and people will be pissed off on the internet that he's being in, in, you know, inducted. And this guy gets up on stage and, and this is a, a multi-million dollar rapper yeah. has had multi-platinum records. And this guy's like, this is the proudest moment of my life. Like, <laughs> Yeah, boo him. You're you're really cool. Um, so then Sunday was uh, WrestleMania. Now I think this is this is huge here. This was a, a big moment. Uh, not only was this weekend WrestleMania, it was also the death of the Divas division. Oh. No, no longer is there WWE superstars and WWE divas. They're all superstars. 
There's no more divas. Not only that, they debuted a new women's championship mm -hmm. that is exactly like the World Heavyweight Championship, except for uh, it's like a white. The white belt instead of a black. With red background. With a red background instead of a black background. And it that's, doesn't. That's good. I'm glad they didn't. And just, it doesn't look like a vagina anymore. Right, the, right. It was like, yeah, it was a big pink butterfly yeah. silver belt. And, you know, in past every, you know, the, um, the old women's title, even before that was small and it just, it never held, you know, really any, yeah. I'm sorry to say it. Women were never treated. They were always treated as a side act side act or at worst a piss break you know they would yeah. put the women's matches in the death spot as they call it you know yeah. um and they came out they introduced this new belt the women's division ditch the divas because diva is a fucking is a bad term you know when you're negatively you know that's like a negative term you would call somebody like oh you're acting like a diva mm -hmm. so and they they built around these three women who who made their names in NXT were like building up a women's division down there. And they had a triple threat match at the, at the show for this new belt for this new women's division. And it's a fantastic match. Three women just were beating the shit out of each other in the ring for this belt. And it, you know, it was, it was great. You know, <laughs> it was great. And just to see the respect of like, all right, you know, this is, they, they don't have to be in this different branding than this. Yeah. So, and yeah. you know, the belt is absolutely beautiful. So, um, side note for anybody who, for, for, for anybody who got their panties in a twist when Eric said that diva has a, a negative meaning, uh, we are aware, I am aware anyway, that, that actually like in a sense has a, a very positive meaning in, in the world of, of opera, but I would I I think Eric is right that in in contemporary usage the connotation uh primarily is is it's a negative thing. It's an well, insult to someone. Well yeah, it's it's kind of like the the word retard. You know, for a while that that was like a sign like that was the scientific word they would use that was the medical word mm -hmm. people started using it as an insult so when that when it becomes more known as an insult you yeah. know that's that's what i'm saying is that yeah. diva definitely has been used more as a as like a negative you're not advocated advocating removing the word diva from the language are you no, no. <laughs> just that it, you know calling your women like oh this is our divas division yeah like, you just call them women yeah, what's well, the problem just, with yeah, that? Yeah, just have having having the completely separate thing uh to begin with is is uh is not necessary. So this is it's a, yeah, it's I a, think it's that's a, very cool. Yeah, it's it's a huge step in the right direction. Um you know, quickly go through the card here. Uh Kalisto, the uh the luchador defeated Ryback for the US title. It was the opening match. Mhm. Mm uh, AT&T Stadium apparently had Wi-Fi troubles, which was causing their ticket scanners to slow down. <laughs> so when this match was going on, like a quarter of the arena was filled. Oh, man. A quarter or the half. I felt bad for them, but um, it was the pre-show. It wasn't even, you know, pay-per-view wasn't really technically on. Um, 
Second match, Team Total Divas, which are uh, five five women who were on the the E reality show mm-hmm. versus uh, Team Bad and Blonde. Team of four women who are bad and blonde. <laughs> pretty pretty self sufficient there. Is Team Total Divas gonna change their name to Total Women's Division? I don't know. I think they'll keep the <laughs> Total Divas name just because it's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, the Usos defeated the Dudley Boys in a tag team match. Not really. I did catch some of that. I'm not sure. I caught some. Of- oh no no no. They 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 must have been on on Monday night. Yeah again. they they, okay, they that's, I saw some of that. Then. Yeah yeah they had a rematch, um, which it doesn't make sense. The Usos beat them at WrestleMania, and then the Dudleys win on Monday, and it's like, you know, that just flip flopped. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, so then the pay per view goes on. First match of the night, um, ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, seven, seven guys. No, seven. Yeah, seven guys. Um, Kevin Owens was the champion, uh, guy from NXT. A different sort of wrestler than what you're used to seeing from uh, coming out of Vince McMahon. You know, he likes <laughs> wrestlers were coming out of Vince. Pretty McMahon. much, he just poops out wrestlers. I mean, don't you know this? Uh, I, I I bet I bet once in a while wrestlers are coming in Vince McMahon. Well, how do you think they get a job? Hey? <laughs> Um, Kevin Owens, a little bit on the heavier side. Not your typical uh, look for WWE. You know, he wears a t-shirt and has like bite shorts and it's fucking awesome <laughs> because he's, it's because he's different that sets him aside and he's damn good in the ring. Uh, so it was Kevin Owens, his longtime rival, Sami Zayn. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, They've been friends since they were 13. They have a, a ready-made story at the go anytime these guys are in the ring. it's it's That's the kind of stuff that really gets people into it. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, Sin Cara, Stardust, who is billed from the fifth dimension. And then, of course, you know, the people who have to come and tell me wrestling is fake. Like, like no, I really <laughs> believe that this guy is from the fifth dimension. The Miz and Zack Ryder. And... um Funny note is that Neville, who was another um, wrestler two two weeks before WrestleMania, actually hurt his leg. I think broke something in his leg. In his spot, he was supposed to be in this match. His spot went to Zack Ryder. Right, right. Who ended up winning the match in an absolutely shocking fashion. Now, uh, Zack Ryder is probably my third favorite wrestler ever and not because I, he's decent in the ring, but it was definitely um, back in 2011. This just this underdog story of this guy who literally most bottom of the the card you could ever be, barely on television, had no merchandise. He gets he gets one T-shirt, like this basic T-shirt with just him on it, and he starts making this online show uh, just because he has no fucking. He's not on TV, so what else are you going to do with your time? He's home. So he starts making this just weekly YouTube comedy show. Um, By the end of it, he gets so popular through fans, they start chanting, we want Ryder on TV when he's not on Raw. He starts getting on Raw. He starts getting in programs. He wins the U.S. title. 
but it just seemed the company resented him because he got uh, he got over on his own. They didn't, yeah. you know, they didn't do anything. So then after he got all this success, they, you know, it's, they just buried him for the last like three years under so much shit that you just you barely see him. You have to watch NXT or watch other stuff. Yeah. So out of nowhere, he's in this match, and then out of nowhere he wins, and the crowd goes absolutely insane and I, I felt genuinely good for this guy because then his dad came in the ring and hugged him and me as a fan knowing the realistic shit he had to go through yeah. and then here he is at Wrestlemania Bef when he was first announced for this match he told he was in an interview and he's like I've never heard my music at Wrestlemania I'm just stoked for that yeah <laughs> and here's this guy you know and um you know he lost it the next night to the Miz in a, in a storyline the way things are building up He's the underdog. You can't, he can't hold that title. It doesn't, you know, he's someone to root for to get there, you right. know? So, but that made my night. Um, Chris Jericho defeated AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. Normally I'd be excited about Chris Jericho winning, but uh, this was AJ Styles first WrestleMania. He's probably the best wrestler in the world. Usually you let the new guy get the win for some reason they didn't. And it was really weird and it felt off. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, the league of nations, Seamus, Alberto Del Rio, Rusev and King Barrett defeated the new day or the, uh, mm -hmm. tag team champions. And they beat them. The league of nations Oh, we're the best four guys in the world. No three guys can beat us. All of a sudden Shawn Michaels comes out, Mick Foley, and then Texas owns stone cold, Steve Austin, you know, stunners, everybody <laughs> fucking fantastic. It's WrestleMania. Uh, another weird match. Brock Lesnar beat Dean Ambrose. And now you're a story. You, you know, you know how to tell a good story. Yeah. Now, you know, Brock Lesnar is a, a monster. A monster. He's a wrecking ball. <laughs> the the buildup to this match was that Dean Ambrose is so crazy that not only is he wanting to fight Brock Lesnar, he's not going to stop at anything to beat him. Right. Every week, Mick Foley would come, you know, give him the barbed wire bat. Uh, Terry Funk came and gave him a chainsaw yeah. to, to beat Brock Lesnar. He actually pulled out the chainsaw during the match and <laughs> didn't get far with it. Um, so the story was telling is that literally this guy's going to stop at nothing and Brock Lesnar is a machine. And it, the ending happened so abruptly and it just, once again, it felt deflating. Like, okay, so Brock won. What now? Mm-hmm. You know, Brock's going to be gone for another few months. And then you have this other guy that is insanely popular. Why not give him the big win? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Um, Charlotte, Ric Flair's daughter won the uh, triple threat match for the, she was already the divas champion. Now she's the, the continuing women's champion. Yeah. Um, the undertaker defeated Sean, uh, Shane McMahon. This was a, uh, a, probably the biggest match they had to put together. Um, Essentially, they were going to do Undertaker versus John Cena. That fell through because John Cena got injured. So, of course, Vince just calls his son in, who is probably the best wrestling non-wrestler ever. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird, but, <laughs> like, you know, he's the best guy that never had any formal training to get in the ring with. Yeah. Um, And the rules were that if Shane won the match, he would get control of Raw. And, uh, and if he won Undertaker would be barred from ever wrestling from WrestleMania, which yep. if Shane had won, he'd be in charge. He could just take away that's 
stipulation. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why anyone just doesn't think of these loopholes, but <laughs> um, it was in hell in the cell. And yeah. Shane McMahon did this dive off of the top of the cell, right through the announcer's table. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing to watch. Wonderful <laughs> to see somebody, go, uh, someone almost die with his kids at ringside. Um, they had a Andre the Giant 20-man battle royale. Uh, Baron Corbin, who was a NXT wrestler, won, which is, that's great. You you basically give a rookie the huge win, knocking off the big show and yeah. Kane. What, and, so what is an Andre the Giant? Um, what, what, what was it? They started it at uh, WrestleMania 30. It's a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So yeah. it's kind of like the Royal Rumble where you got to knock guys over the top rope. Yeah. But this one is just honoring. They have like an Andre the Giant trophy and they just have it at WrestleMania every year. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, um, The Rock comes out to with a flamethrower to put his name up in, in flames. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, he starts talking and, you know, of course it's entertaining. The Wyatt family comes out, interrupts him. He basically goes, uh, they announced they beat the all-time attendance record. I don't know. And then The Rock goes, oh, all right, well, you want to have a match? Rips his pants off. There's his tights. Rips his shirt off. <laughs> he beats Eric Rowan of the Wyatt family in six seconds to have a new WrestleMania record. <laughs> I, I, like, just to have fun. And then John Cena comes out to help him out. Um, And then the last match on the card was uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, against Triple H, who is champion. Now, Roman Reigns is their new John Cena. He is being poised as the new face of that company. Yeah. Fans aren't fucking having it. That guy gets booed everywhere he goes, worse than John Cena. I actually kept this gift for you to see. Of essentially, is Vince McMahon just spraying Roman Reigns all over people? <laughs> like this is this is what's going on. Um. You know, in this in this day and age of the internet, people, you know, there's there's dirt sheets out there who who announce this stuff, and yeah, people aren't dumb; they can see this going on. Last year, Roman won the Royal Rumble, went to try to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Seth Rollins, you know, cashed in Money in the Bank, which mm-hmm. talked about last year, and um, so all year they've just been trying to tell this redemption story, which would be good if people didn't fucking see it coming from a mile away. Yeah, uh, so. No, I'll I'll tell you, like I, I've never really, really been into wrestling, but I did, as you know, I got into it a, a while back, uh, and you know, kind of, I became very interested with the whole CM Punk thing that, you know, leading up to him leave, leaving. But what has I would say, like I can see how much, like how hard the company is pushing. Roman Reigns and has been for a very long time and that is the for me that was like the thing that made it not even interesting for me just that they like just keep trying so hard to make him the guy when it's like it's he he I, he's just he's not he's not charismatic enough um and he's not He's not interesting. He, he he's like the he looks very similar to like half a dozen other guys, but he's like the boring version. Well, <laughs> he, here's the thing with him is that uh even with uh, with CM Punk they could I mean they had money with that guy and they let him yeah. fly away. Yeah. You know? Um 
because he doesn't fit the mold. You know, every, everything since uh, Bruno San Martino to Hulk Hogan to Bret Hart to Stone Cold to The Rock to John Cena, CM Punk is the, you know, he's the skinniest of the bunch. Yep. He's got tattoos, like a, a good amount. You know, The Rock had one. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't fit their bill of the guy, even if all the people, like people were throwing money. Um, when that guy blew up, you had magazines who hadn't talked about wrestling ever yeah. wanting this guy and the company, you, you know, you ever hear the podcast that he recorded after leaving, you know, a few months after leaving the stories he told of how much like Slim Jim called him in and wanted to make him the new macho man, Randy Savage, a Slim wow. Jim and the company was like, nah, you don't want CM Punk. You want uh, the big show and Ray Mysterio. And it's, it's like you hear these stories and I believe it fully that, that they would do that kind of shit. Um, so when it comes to Roman, if you remember the shield, when they were part of those, the, yep. you know, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman, um, it was punk's idea to bring three guys up from NXT and have them as kind of his cronies, the shield. Yeah. And he picked three guys and they said, um, well, instead of this one, how about Roman? And Punk's like, you know what? Two out of three, that's fine, and and Roman's fine. So even then, they knew like, oh, this is this is a guy that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um. He tells a story about uh, uh, TLC. I don't know, 2013. Um. It was a gauntlet match: The Shield versus CM Punk, three on one. Mm -hmm. And they told him like, we want you to win, but we want you to make Roman look strong and people all day kept going on to going over to him. You're going to make Roman sh look strong. Right. And he got like fucking pissed. Like, you know how you make him look strong? Have him beat me. Yeah. And he goes, you know, because one guy beating, uh, cause three guys beating one guy is fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. Like that can't happen. And so he tells the story, like I'm good at my job. Let me go out and do it. I'm just going to let him pin me. And they still wanted punk to win but then still make this guy look good <laughs> i it's just fucking crazy so they they've been they've been trying the best thing for him and like you said he's boring but here's the one thing they could do for him he needs to go kind of heal he needs yep. to play the bad guy because if people are going to boo him yep. just give him a reason to boo and he needs to not talk he needs to be like sting from the 90s just come out mm -hmm. spear somebody leave don't get on the mic. Don't give anybody the time of day and just beat the shit out of people. And if, after do that for a year, people will start cheering them. Yeah. All great heels end up getting cheered. It happens every time. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's WrestleMania. I mean, the, the raw after WrestleMania usually is the, the best raw of the year. They introduced a bunch of new NXT guys coming up, debuting for the first time. And, um, I, I mean, nothing, nothing really major. It was kind of a, uh, a stock show, but still fun looking forward. And, you know, Roman, of course, won that match. He is champion. No heel turn in sight. So see what happens. <sighs> but uh, <laughs> now something that is a bit deflating. I don't know if you if you read this, uh, the stuff going on at Warner Brothers. Uh, Batman, Superman, um, still making money. Possibly not not getting to the billion mark as well as they thought. Right. It's now going to be a struggle for it to get up to a billion. Right. And for, and for uh, the, you know, the first, the first movie ever, first live action movie ever, first big budget movie ever to have Batman, 
Superman and Wonder Woman in it together. Um, like it was, it, it it was it was theirs to fuck up and and yeah. I don't put this on DC at all because DC doesn't have a studio, which maybe they should consider. Right. You know, I I understand. They're owned by Warner Brothers, but yeah, I I understand maybe that they nobody wants DC to copy Marvel, and I get that. Even right. DC fans don't copy them, but there's certain things that make sense enough that should be put in place, including kind of a collective pool of people who work with these characters. Yeah, well, at the very least, yeah, have have people who worked on the comics be involved in the development, like truly be involved in the development of the characters and the stories instead of pulling somebody in um, that basically does only like remakes. <laughs> no, they had one of the producers of that movie. I remember uh, two, three years ago, we might've even talked about this early on in the podcast, but this guy, was at a, like a Q&A and he fucking made fun of M Martian Manhunter. Like he had no, he just kind of shit yeah. on the character. Yep. He also shit on She-Hulk. He's like, oh, that character was only created for something for Hulk to fuck. And it was like, you have this like, guy. Not only is that not true because it's his cousin. <laughs> it's, you're telling me this guy is in charge of comic book movies. Yeah. It was, it was that shocking. I think even Stan Lee said something. I, I remember they interviewed him. They're like, what did you think that producer said? And Stan yeah. Lee's like, ah, well, doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm tired of seeing memes that, uh, kind of make fun of the critics for like, once again, the movie, people aren't shitting on the movie because it's too dark. Right. You know, I just, I keep seeing memes pop up. They're like, you know how retarded critics are? They are, there I use, use that word as a negative connotation <laughs> again. Um, oh, you see how uh, dumb the critics are? They, uh, they, they say Batman Superman is too dark, but then they praise Daredevil for being too dark. And right. it's like, no, 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 they, they don't like the movie because of things with the story, things with the editing it has nothing really to do with it. That yeah. might be, a negative point, but I guarantee you no critic is giving yeah. this a, a thumbs down just like just off the fact of this movie's too dark. Well, also it's, you know, it's, if you did a dark and gritty, my little pony reboot, it wouldn't be right for my little pony. It doesn't mean daredevil also sucks just because it didn't work for. Right. Right. For some fucking but anyway, <laughs> WB, well, the, also the thing with Suicide Squad, now, this was a big deal. They're they're spending millions of dollars doing reshoots of that movie, right? Because they made the trailers in that movie make they made the trailers make the movie look so fun and quirky and cool that the movie isn't fun, quirky, and cool. Apparently, not only are those trailers uh, really well done, but anything in those trailers that are like of humor, that's it. That would like, that was the humor of the movie. There's yeah. beyond that. It is a dark film. So they're pretty worried that, you know, people as they should be, people are expecting due to the marketing of this movie to be a fun thrill ride of awesome, you know, 
cool colors and all these cool characters that they're going back to make sure there's more of that. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I get, it could potentially be good or it could potentially be. I hope it. Yeah, I, I hope it is. Well, I hope it's good because it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, but um, so the the big story that came out is because of Batman Superman, uh, Warner Brothers is actually going to be releasing less movies. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of good for them because they've released a, a 2015 was not a good year for them uh, with s- releases. Uh, there was a, a small list of kind of failures. Um, uh, Jupiter Ascending, Pan and In the Heart of the Sea all pretty much did. Did yeah. really bad business. Pan, I think. Well, Jupiter Ascending, I think, lost a good. That was a that was not a very good movie. Yeah, millions of dollars that movie lost. Which, they, they took a team that made one good movie ever. <laughs> are look, I like Speed Racer. Okay. I, I I like that movie, but I understand what you're saying that they're kind of a one trick pony. They like the sequels made money. The sequels to the Matrix made money. But the Matrix was one was like one great re- and revolutionary movie. Um, but like the Wachowskis do not have a a a track record of success, and they they gave them like more resources than ever. They the budget for that movie was a hundred and seventy six million, and I'm sorry. I look at that and I go, who signs the check for this? Who? Yeah. And luckily, the box office was 184 million, but they—I guarantee you—they still lost money because of marketing, marketing. Yeah, and that's absolutely. not included in the budget. Yeah. Uh, Speed Racer, you know, was a 120 million dollar budget, and that only made 93 million. Yep. You know, which is a shame because I really like that that movie. Um. But, so. Their plan is that they're they're going to stop releasing these uh, from the ground up developed at WB Movies to focusing on three sections. Harry Potter, DC, Lego. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be their, like that, so essentially like their resources are going to make to those franchises. Yeah. So um, it. Now I thought Universal was like completely owned the Harry Potter movie rights. No, it's always been Warner Brothers. Hmm. Okay. They have the uh the spin-off coming out later this year and um it must just be cuz I I guess the Harry Potter like theme park stuff is Universal Studios. Right, right. right. Okay. Be- that's, you, that Universal kind of just takes every media that isn't Disney right. or big enough like they have a The Simpsons like you know, Universal has nothing to do with the Simpsons. It's a Fox thing, but they got that section. Yeah, they got Sponge- Fox isn't going to open a Fox amusement park. Warner Brothers isn't gonna right. Open they got yeah. SpongeBob in Universal. They got the or I think the Minions are Universal. Um, Transformers, which is Paramount, they got in Universal Studios, yeah. and Marvel was there too before being bought out by Disney. Right. Which it I there's still like some things there, there right? Yeah, the Marvel superheroes part is still in. Um, in the park, but I think they're just not allowed to add anything more to it. Like yeah. whatever was there is there. And yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's their big stuff. I, I, you know, we, we did a whole podcast of it last week. I hope DC does well. I hope that they fix whatever issues are, are there. I hope they get more talent 
to to work on these movies. That's that's it. Uh, you know, you know, I I don't know that it's more. I I don't. A variety, I don't know a that it's more talent. talent. I think they just need. I think they need someone with a really clear vision who who. That that is more in line with what the actual fans of the characters are are looking to see. You know, I don't need it to be perfect, but I really, if I'm going to keep spending money, I need it to be better than than right. this one was. Like I I liked Batman v Superman, but I also can point out its issues. And I think if you're a fan of something, you should always be able to point out issues. Yeah. Like you should just never walk out and go that was satisfying the dark knight is is probably my all-time favorite superhero yeah. movie and i can still i still watch it and go like ah there's just a few things that bother me yeah doesn't mean it's bad it just means like hey you know and it doesn't even mean that my uh, opinion should be the backbone of any superhero movie but uh, dc i think needs like a how marvel has a kevin feige you know yeah. he has a a central figure to everything. And yeah. I think they need that. And, and it shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be a director. You're right. That's all I'm saying is it sh- a director is different from somebody who like Kevin Feige, isn't a guy directing these movies. He just knows right. continuity and everything right. going through. That's yeah. And any, any of these overarching, like these, these huge like universes they're building with multiple movies and overarching storylines and all that, um, the the director, as much as it might not um, be pleasant, you know, it's why Joss Whedon wanted to get out, and um, and even John Favreau was seeing the beginnings of it, and um, the the director answers to other people in 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 a much, uh, well, much more than than a director ever did before, but that's how these that's how these things are are built. Um, yeah. Successfully, you need a producer who really, um, who really sees the big picture and and focuses on the big picture and forces some of this stuff on the directors, and um, it's, and it's not working with it's not working with Zack, Zack Snyder. Being I, I also the think guy. multiple directors on a single project is is something worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Russo brothers, who they did Captain America: Winter Soldier, yeah. Captain America: Civil War, and they're entrusting them with Infinity War Part One and Two. That's a two man team, and that's just got to be to me. That's just got to take the load off of each one's shoulders and just be a healthier. Maybe you know. I understand well, some as people long can as butt those, heads. Yeah. yeah, as long as they get along. It well, can, as long as they're good. I mean, we've seen with with the Super Mario Brothers movie, we've seen a that, well, like that a was, husband and wife team that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Oh my god! And I, I do. We should do an an episode or a commentary on that movie. I, th- I thought you were going to be like we we should direct a big budget Hollywood movie, which we might not do any worse than Zack Snyder. But I, well, <laughs> I, I, I think I think me and you could could. You know, get along enough. Uh, not enough. I think me and you could be oh, in a situation can. like that because we we uh, respect each other's opinions and work well with each other, even in disagreement. I don't feel that way. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm. I think we could work very well together. I just don't think that we uh, 
are ready to take on a, a big budget Hollywood. No, no. If WB movie. called and said, "You want to do?" Uh, oh, I'd still do it. I mean, I, I, I would, and I would go out and do all the press and be like, "Oh, it's probably not very good. We don't know what we're doing." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um, there's some big stuff going on with Superman in the comics now, though. Um, you know how there was the the new Fifty Two a little while back, and now they're doing the the re rebirth. Yeah, well, I don't know if you know that the just because of the word rebirth, it was it, DC never announced like this is another reboot and we're retooling everything. They just came out and said like this big event rebirth is happening soon, and everybody just assumed. It was another. a reboot, and it's really not. I, well, I know I haven't read too much, but I know that I know three, three, th- two things that are pretty cool. One that they're bringing back action comics and detective comics with the correct volume numbers, apparently. Uh huh. Um, and that some of the current stories will be just kind of put in with those. Yeah, what they've done... Well, first of all, I think uh, Bruce Wayne is now back to being Batman in DC Comics. Um, After they they kind of, like, killed him, and then they were like, well, he's not dead, but he got amnesia, but now he does remember being Bruce Wayne, but he forgot everything about being Batman, all kinds of weird shit. But, um, and yes, Commissioner Gordon took over as Batman in in a police mech suit thing. But, um... But the thing with Superman is they did this whole storyline where Lois Lane did the story that, like, wrote, wrote the report that Superman is Clark Kent. And and they've been doing... And so not only does the whole world know Superman's Clark Kent, but also he fucking is pissed at Lois. Like, he hates Lois. Um and that like that's been going on but then they they recently did this thing where they brought in the super like the the classic superman from um from an alternate universe cuz initially with the new 52 they like did away with the whole multiverse thing yeah um but now it's back and they've got, you know, so there's another Superman that was like the more classic one that is like is actually married to Lois and he, they even have a kid named Jonathan. Um, they brought them into the main universe and he stuck around like he's still around. And the the one that's been in universe here is he went through. um well, he went through something where he, uh, he had this new power and burned, like he burned out in, in just like a massive, um, just like explosion. He burned out all the energy that his, the solar energy that his cells stored up and he was pretty much depowered. And he's gradually been building up his power again and doing different things to to try to get it back and to fix things. But now he's he's dying like he's he's just actually dying and they don't seem to be. Um, 
they don't it doesn't look like there's uh there's any intention to like save this it looks like they're probably going to be transitioning to not only will the the classic superman that even has his red underwear back and all that yeah um not only will he be um sticking around but they're also doing something where there might be multiple other people somehow inheriting Superman's powers similar to, to an extent similar to what they did after the death of Superman story. Right. Like there the was, 90s. Like, there was four different. Right. So Superman, including Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> um, so it's just, they're doing, they're doing something that's trying to bring back more of the, of because uh, a lot of a lot of people are, were not really into the new stuff they've been doing with Superman, even though a lot of people, it, it seems the new Fifty Two had a lot of positive response, but Superman has not had a lot of positive response from fans. Uh, so, looks like they're whether it was planned this way all along or they're retooling because people were upset. Hey, um, they're trying. They're trying. Uh, it's thinking more of a Mr. Meeseeks type. Yeah. So, um, but side note, or not a side note, but clarification. Not only did the Superman, the, cla- the you know, a classic Superman from another universe come into the main one, so did his Lois and their son. I think I did say that, or I didn't make it clear. I just said he's married to her and they have a son. Um, they all are in the main universe, and he's got... They're living as the White family rather than the Kent family. I'm <laughs> guessing they took Perry's Perry White's last name. Not that they were like, "Well, we're white." Um, <laughs> we should change our last name. Well, honey, we're white. So, <laughs> but it looks like new super identity, super identity, new secret identity <laughs> for them, for all of them. Um, and. Lois is writing under, like, as a, I think as a blogger, under a pseudonym. Like That's interesting. Author X, I think, is what she's calling herself. So, like, she's still kind of a reporter, but it's online and um, kind of makes sense. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's one thing, um, that if you're going to, when, you know, they try to reboot things, I always, I always like to see how they incorporate how the day and age is currently with a classic idea. Like I I don't think I would have Lois Lane work at, I know the daily planet is a classic newspaper, but I I think if I was going to reboot Superman in 2016, I would make the daily planet like the world's biggest news website. Right. Doesn't even have to be the world's biggest, just or just like a big news website, something a little more reputable than. Hey, they're still in a building. They're still doing news. They're just not doing paper. You know, like that's you know something that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it was in the seventies. They they did a big thing. Probably did a bit of it in the eighties as well. But they did a big thing where they they kind of, um, for a while in the comics they were working for a on TV rather than newspaper because newspaper just seemed so old and stuffy. They ended up going back to the newspaper because newspapers were still viable then. But yeah, we're hitting a point where they've got to stop calling it a newspaper or I'm just calling it an ad paper because that's really the only thing keeping some of them afloat. 
I, I know in Rebirth they're also planning on um, revealing the Joker's real identity. Yeah, and I really don't like that. That's the only thing that it at least interests me. Not at just when I heard the thought of oh they're releasing the Joker's real identity. I went oh, don't do that. Then they you know they have the panel. It has Batman seeing it or hearing, you know. Right, right, in the um, Mobius chair. <laughs> he, will, he finds, he asks, like, oh, who killed my parents? And it's Joe Chill. And he goes, yeah, yes, 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 Joe Chill. That's right. Like, you just found out that information that who the guy who killed your parents is. No. It's, what? No, he no, he didn't. He all He knew that. Then he why? was testing the chair. He wasn't. Oh, okay. I just, then I read that panel out of context. But anyway, then he asks, what's the Joker's true name? And his response is interesting. That's, yeah. no, that's not possible. So I just but, want to find out who. Well, but the, the I don't think that this is a continuation of that. The, the intent there was, I don't think they ever intended to, to give an actual answer. But a lot of people think that all the chair said was the Joker. Like a lot of people think like that's why he said it's not possible because, you know, what else could it be? You know? Yeah. And that's probably the least amount of that. Like, that's the way to piss off the least amount of fans is, yeah. you know, a lot of them are just like, what? You're going to name the Joker? That's that's like a rule now. Yeah. Now, the the only property, the the only interpretation of Batman that has ever given an identity for Joker a name um, w without hedging it somehow has was the was Batman 89 the the Batman the movie starring Michael <laughs> Keaton Batman <laughs> Um, and yeah, Jack Napier, yeah, Jack Napier, and they made him the one that killed his parents, and that's a, like that's interesting. Like that's uh, yeah. the Joker always has different origins, and yeah. that to me is just one that stands out. Like that's a that's a pretty cool, yeah, origin because it works. It makes it makes the uh, the the whole issue between them that much deeper. Well, there's a there's a popular interpretation of that movie that that that's not even really true, even within the movie universe. It's just that the the that Batman's psychosis is that every criminal he's fighting, he he thinks they're like he blames every single criminal for the death of his parents. That's why he's Batman. So like that is Batman's interpretation this guy is the one that killed my parents and that's why he's like, that's why they're, um, they're fighting. And, uh, and I, I like that actually. I, I like that more. What if the you could have every Batman movie could start with it, it? It actually helps to explain why every fucking Batman movie has a flashback to his parents being killed. Cause they can every single one should make it whatever guy he's facing should be the one that killed his parents in every single movie. That's true. <laughs> I like how the new Batman movie uh, reset rebooted the concept of the comedian. <laughs> that the comedian didn't die by getting thrown out of a window. He died by being shot in the back alley of uh, Gotham City. <laughs> 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 
I now, now I want to splice together that opening uh, death of the Waynes with the funeral from Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the comedian is just an alternate universe, Thomas Wayne. Ooh, there you go. I so wonder what would be, be cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just speculating more, like, because I've been thinking about just different ridiculous uh, things that could make Batman. What if what if the computer tells him like the Joker is Bruce Wayne, <laughs> and so he has a split personality, and he'd uh you know he he causes crimes as the Joker. He doesn't even know. It's not that he even puts face paint on. He just does shit, and in his mind so he he's just created sees that, and he leaves like he leaves things all over the place. He leaves the Joker cards all over the place. Yeah, he does something, and then when he's Batman, he'll see another criminal, but he sees the Joker. Like, oh, yeah. there you are. That's pretty cool to me. That might be an interesting, like, yeah, that 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 ruins the character of Bruce Wayne a little bit, but at the same time, that's at least a fresh story you could tell. Yeah. Um, what if the Joker is Thomas Wayne? What if his dad never died? Yeah. And somehow fell into the vat of chemicals. And, what if uh, What if he's Alfred and Alfred runs around giving him all this shit to do just to keep him busy? Yeah. He's like, oh, you were sitting at the mansion for so long. I just wanted to. <laughs> You know, I dressed up as a clown. I figured you would eventually find out who I am. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, aka oh, the comedian, yes. Thomas Wayne had the, played a lot of comic book characters. Yeah, he's got a nice little so he had the there. series finale of Walking Dead this week. Yep, yep. Um, huge disappointment to a lot of people because, um. To me, certainly, because it's they they built up this moment all season long, saying like someone is going, you know, one of the main characters is going to die, and really heavily implied that you would see that happen, and you see it happen from their point of view. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Throw that in your fucking tacked on intro. Um, <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> um, sorry if uh, <laughs> you're listening to sorry. all this and you didn't catch the end of Walking Dead and you give a fuck, but whatever. Haven't you listened to our thing before? We should... What? If, <laughs> if, if, if I was... If we were to rename this podcast, I would just call it spoiler alert. That's a uh, that's a great alternate podcast we could do where we just purposely spoil th- like it doesn't even have to be long, it's just it's like a that's ten second said. clip. <laughs> it's just a ten second clip of <laughs> And this episode we're gonna tell you that this happened. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> That's all it is. So anyway, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing Negan, the real Negan. Um, and he's got his bat Lucille all wrapped up in barbed wire. Uh, I am not going to do what we often do and just like rehash all the shit leading up to it and explaining everything along the way. I'm just going to talk about how I feel about what happened here. Because if you're, if you're paying attention to this, if you care at all, then you already watched it. So I don't, I don't follow the watching walk of the watching dead. You don't, that's pretty much fans, right? They should call themselves the watching dead. They should. 
Um, no, I, I I don't follow it. As I know I should. So you didn't watch this episode? I didn't. Okay. And so I don't. I, I kind of do you know the complaints about this final scene. Yeah, I know that they, it's basically a, a cliffhanger. Out. Yeah, they. Which isn't every season finale basically a cliffhanger? It's fine to do that, but they they basically promised us all season long. Like we're all, we are leading up to the end of this where he will absolutely kill a main character and everybody watched to see like, who are we losing? And it's, it's one thing if, if, if they didn't build it up this way, then it would be like, oh man, that's, you know, somebody's, somebody's really fucked up and maybe dying and, uh, <laughs> And it would have it would have been a great cliffhanger, but because they basically promised us we were gonna watch one of the main characters die. Yeah, I understand. It was just, especially all season. It's not like they promised that like during promotionals for the yeah. last episode. Yeah. Now I'll just say, I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is fucking awesome. He's great as Negan, and and uh, you know, it just the. You know, very, very funny and threatening and all everything you need in, in this character um, who is supposed to basically make. He's he's like he's like the anti Rick. He basically is like. um, You know, he's got his group that he cares about, but he's. um, He's like. He's funny and and really effective at what he does. Basically, um, yeah, he's got that uh, that barbed wire bat. Yeah, which for the record, tired of people calling it the Negan bat because it's a fucking Mick Foley cactus jack. Yeah, barbed wire bat. So <laughs> clear that up a little bit. I understand. Um. So, um. So, what was the point of him killing one of the main characters? Like well, what in what context did was he like? Okay, I guess I'll explain it to you a little bit then. Um, just just that in, po- that point. Rick's crew basically they they've been living in this little walled in city, um, and integrating with these other you know this other group of people that that lived in this city, and they've found, uh, like sort of a trading network of people. Like there's another city that I think they call it Hilltop or another little settlement. Yeah. That's pretty safe called the Hilltop. And they went there to trade with them. And those people were like, well, we don't have a lot. And there's these other, the saviors is Negan's crew. They basically, they basically like run shit. The uh, Negan's crew pretty much goes to every, every, every little settlement that has their shit together in this area that's safe and actually like is farming and able and has medicine or able to produce anything useful. Um, Negan's crew just basically shows up and, and kills people if necessary, does whatever they have to do in order to terrify these people and then say, Everything you grow, everything you make, you give us half. So kind of like how the the mob would run things. Exactly. Like in The Godfather, they would go to they would go to a new store. They yep. might break a window and go, "Hey, you want protection from us? You got to give us yeah twenty five percent. Yeah, it's yeah. a protection racket. Like we're going to protect you from what we will do to you 
if you don't pay us to protect you. Like that's so, and that, so that's what's, what's happening. So, so Rick, Rick's crew went to, went to try to get some medicine and shit from, from Hilltop. And they said, this is what's going on. This is why we don't really have much to spare. And Rick said, okay, how about we kill this Negan guy? And so basically they bit off more than they could chew. Rick got his best people together. They went in to the place that um, that the hilltop people sent their shit and they killed a bunch of people. Um, and But they didn't know which one was Negan and whatever and they, they, they got one guy and, you know, they got one or two people said to them, like, we're all Negan. Like they laughed and said, we're all Negan. And anyway, long story short, this, this guy's the real Negan. He's got all, the whole crew of saviors. And um, basically, like I said, they kill people if they have to in order to, you know, to break the community and get them to give half of whatever. So he's killing somebody not just because of, not just because he needs to break Rick's crew and make them except that they need to give half of their shit to, to the saviors, but also um, be just as revenge. You know, he, he even says, you killed a lot of my people, you know, more than I'm comfortable uh, just, just ignoring, you know. So he's killing one of them in order to... Uh, to show that you don't fuck with his people, like and which I, I guess is is it's uh, exactly it's, what Rick would if, if it's not if it what was Rick the opposite. Would, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he definitely he wouldn't do it in the same way. Um, and he pro- he might only do it if he's backed into a corner, but but like Rick is. Rick and other people in the crew that we follow in this show have done some really fucked up things and they've done some really stupid things and they've done some really evil things at times um, thinking it was the only way to survive or to protect themselves or whatever. Yeah. And so that's why I say Negan is sort of the anti-Rick. He's not like he, 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 he like embraces it and enjoys it. <laughs> um, but uh, but there you go. So it's cool. It just um, the shit that Negan's crew pulled off in order to like force Rick to go to the ex- exact spot in the woods that they wanted them to go to to be able to do the shit they wanted to do and have the most dramatic impact. A little bit unbelievable, but it it's still it's a TV show. I don't yeah, give a fuck. I was just looking up that uh, in the comics he basically played a game of. Like he had a bunch of the main characters tied up and yep. played a game of game of Eeny Meeny Mighty Yeah, Mo. and he, he did do that here too. And I'm guessing in the, the comics the, it was Glenn. Sh- the think. show ended with him like going like Mo smacking whoever in the yeah, head like, and then it cuts. You're to suddenly black. seeing it from their point of view. So he just like swings the bat at the camera. You see some blood drip down like you know, on the screen, you just see blood dripping down, and then they kind of pass out, and you hear some noise, and then credits. 
Now, who was tied up in that in that situation? Uh, geez, off Rick, the top of my head, geez. <laughs> no, you, was, you Rick had, was there. Rick, Carl, uh, Abraham. Do you even have you been following? Uh, I know Abraham because he's essentially John DiMaggio. Yeah, <laughs> or looks. They were on a plane together and took a picture, and they are fucking brothers. I don't understand <laughs> how two people could be. Um, you had Glenn, Maggie, who's married to Glenn and pregnant. Um, and actually having some kind of like real pains from the pregnancy, and that's why they weren't even on the road to begin with, because they were trying to get to Hilltop again to get some treatment. Right. Um, right. Eugene. No, Eugene. Other than the character from Hey Arnold, I do not. Okay. Um, so there was a good selection there. No, it was basically like all the main characters. Let me ask you, oh, except for Daryl, because the episode before. Daryl was there. Oh, he was. I thought the episode before had kind oh, of. Oh, a, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to think. I heard the episode before he got like shot in the back of the head or something and no it was he, like a, it was not in the back of the head he got shot but it was like in the back could have been the shoulder or the arm um it made it look like he was dying yeah i'm trying to re- i don't i think i don't remember if he was there or not um this leaves rick glenn daryl uh maggie rosita aaron Sasha, Abraham, Carl, Eugene, and uh, this name I'm not going to botch. What? Where? This one. Michonne. Michonne. See, I was thinking that, and I'm like, well, that's probably wrong. That's a lot of characters. So yeah. Daryl was was tied up there. Now, of course, now, out of this group, I'm they're not going to kill Rick. Well, I'm certain it's not Rick or Carl because right before he... Like really laid into whoever it was. He said, "If anybody moves, like he said to his crew, but he told them all, like I'm gonna kill one of you, and you all just have to be okay with it." And then he said to his crew, "If anybody moves, pluck, uh, rip the boy's eye, other eye out, because Carl's been had an eye shot out at this point. He ripped the boy's other eye out and feed it to his father." All right. So potentially you could do that even if you're killing the kid, but but using ripping someone's eye out as a threat doesn't have a whole lot of meaning if that's the person you're killing. Um and you're not going to feed an eyeball to Rick if he's dead. Like that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Right, so it, right. it's I I believe it's a virtual certainty. Plus, I also he, he, I imagine he knows Rick is the leader of these guys. So oh yeah, yeah. He's not gonna kill the lead. Uh, you know, right? He no, he's trying to break the leader, not kill that guy, and then leave this leave, leave this rag you leave a, group. Well, yeah, and then there would be a power vacuum where there would be multiple people trying to take charge, and and it could end up being like, I you know, I want to be in charge because I want to fucking get revenge for rick and another person would say i want to be in charge because we need to do what they say and all that and it it would be a mess yeah he needs to leave so i'm I'm reading this lineup i can tell you already that the the so rick and rick and carl are pretty pretty safe daryl would definitely be the most shocking because that's the character favorite of the that's the character that even for me not as a fan 
when I get into the show, I'm going to be a fan of him because uh, he's just a fucking badass on a motorcycle killing zombies or walkers, since we're <laughs> going to get politically correct here. <laughs> politically um, correct. So let me ask you, you're a fan of this. You you would agree Daryl would be the most shocking out of, out of all of them to be killed? I don't know that shocking is the right word because, first of all, most fans... I don't think shocking is the right. Okay. The would most he be shocking the most? would be killing Carl, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, would he be the, would you say that he would be out of the, I mean, cause we know Rick He'd and Carl be would be the most. So, I think Daryl would be the most sorely missed to okay. the average fan. Other than those three, Rick, Carl and Daryl, rest of those characters who for you would be the, the shocking, the devastating, like, Oh my God, they just killed that character. Or does it, do any of those characters really hold that much water where you're going to go? There's, there's a few there that, um, that honestly, if they got rid of them, I don't think anyone would give a fuck. Um, or not that many people would, uh, Michonne is probably the next one. Like she's, she's the badass with a samurai sword. Yeah. Yeah, People love her. Um, it would it would potentially have a huge effect on Rick because they just kind of hooked up very recently, like they they're seeing each other or whatever the hell you call it in the apocalypse. Um, uh, killing Maggie would be a shock because she is pregnant and Negan doesn't know that, but that yeah that could make for some good storytelling. Mm-hmm. For him too, as a character, like I'm sure he might not even be that much of a dirt bag to kill a pregnant woman. Yeah, is she early on in her pregnancy? Like you can't tell, right? Okay. Um, Glenn is who he. If if I'm remembering correctly, Glenn is who he actually did kill in this scene he, in the comic he books. He did. He did. So if they follow the comic books on this one, well, and they've already not followed the comic books in many other ways and and it would be so dumb to make such a big deal about this and then just do what was already i imagine they're not i i imagine glenn is probably like 95 percent safe because i i you're right build this up to then just do what you did in the comics like people would generally be pissed off about that um now uh let's see aaron is someone that i think not many people would miss He's not. I, I don't even think he's a main character, really. He may, he might be the only one that does. I w- I would say uh, Rosita is not really a main character either. Um, but um, let's see. What about Abraham, he got killed. A- I mean, Abraham is that that would be that would be kind of shocking, but also. Um, I I really feel like that character at some point, like he almost exists to sacrifice himself at some point for someone. Um. Uh, Sasha is like Abraham is like completely in love with Sasha right now, and she's not really all that sure. But uh, so it would it would be devastating to him. Um. I'm trying to look at this and go these characters and just from listening to you, this, does this guy, 
want to upset one person in the group, or right? he he probably can tell who you know, like Daryl and Michonne are the two seemingly badasses of the group. Now, if he takes out one of them, it makes him look pretty pretty devastating, and they have to walk away like that. Mm -hmm. So, do you think? You know, instead of taking off, taking on like one of the, you know, just by talking to him, maybe one of these characters that would like, oh, if I, if I killed that girl, it's only going to really upset this guy. But if I kill this person, it kind of, you know, cause how, how many, how many of people did, did he lose? I don't from? know that he knows the group well enough to, to really know that for sure. But he, you know, the, like we said, he basically needs to break Rick and killing Carl would be going too far. Like that would guarantee that Rick would would be out for revenge. He, does, he doesn't want that. Right. He, like he needs. He, so basically. And, and anybody would work. Now, Eugene is the one that they he. Up until very recently, Eugene has been like completely helpless and dependent on Abraham for for survival. Um, and uh, but but in the last you know last few episodes, they were really showing that he was making a huge effort to um, a huge effort and actually making progress um, in actually being self-sufficient and act and truly contributing to the community and all this shit. Um, and then like half the episode was devoted to like just saying goodbye to him. Cause he was in an attempt to like, basically Eugene set himself up as a decoy to try to get Negan to follow him. But Negan saw through all that shit, but like they were all in an RV and Eugene was going to drive the RV away um, you know, stay on the path they had been on and everybody else was going to go on foot in another direction. And, uh, and so there's like a huge amount of time devoted to people just like saying goodbye to him and like, Oh my God, like you are, this is a fucking suicide mission. And, um, and he like gave instructions. He wrote down instructions for how to make bullets to Rick. And that was like, that was the big thing he was contributing that he was, he was going to, he was working on getting like a factory set up so that they could actually manufacture ammunition. Yeah. So like the, the one, the bit of knowledge he really had that was huge for the survival of the group and the prosperity of the group, he like just handed it over to Rick. And so he's not necessary. So they really were like telegraphing that Eugene's going to die here. And, and if it had happened right then, if it had ended with that, it would have been good. It would have been, I think it would have been satisfying and, and still impactful and all that. But because we don't know who it is, it would, I really feel like it, it would lose so much for, for the person that they spent most of the episode, like saying goodbye to, to actually be the one that next year. Right, we, right. We find out died because it's going to be a, a a long time. They're just starting up Fear of the Walking Dead again for yeah. the for the break. Yeah. Um, so I, will, I am reading that uh, the the rumor going along because they they don't have him in a circle. He lines up everybody. Yeah. Um, 
some fans going through the game and seeing how long it would take to go to each person that uh, the, the two names coming up are Glenn or Eugene. Yeah. So it is possible they do go right with the comic books, which I don't think people should be too pissed about since this is what they're adapting. Right. Um, it does deflate a little bit. You know, it, it is exciting for the people who don't know the comic books and don't know that Negan killed Glenn and aren't looking online to see this stuff. Yeah, so they yeah. might generally be surprised once the seventh yeah. season rolls around. But And the fact is, even though there's people like us who look into so much shit, like even when we're n- even for things we're not fans of, we look at the thought process behind it and everything. The fact is, most fans are casual fans who don't even spend a lot of time or sometimes even any time looking up stuff online and what people's reaction were like they just turn on the tv they watch the show they turn it off and that's it you know um and uh yeah and there's people who analyzed the audio and said it sounded like glenn was was the one uh yeah, so what we're listening to right now is slowed down audio from the yeah. from the final moments, and it the person who ever made this video is trying to point out different audio clips from different characters that it sounds like Glenn. So, but I gotta say, I I did listen to that several times. Oh, so that, it's you, that exact. Yeah, yeah, it. If you close your eyes and really try to listen to it, it's still like it does not sound at all clear what anybody's saying. Yeah, yeah. I will say like, you know, when you're yelling a name, Mm -hmm. there's just like the way Glenn is just one. Trying to think of the word where it's just smooth. Where like Daryl is two different, you know. um, But um. So I don't know, but, and it doesn't matter like what, what was recorded there. It doesn't matter. I don't think the writers even know. And I think that this is, this is partly being used as leverage because some, some, if not all of the the main characters or the actors are at a point where they, um, where, where contracts are being renegotiated and everything. So it could be that, like, right now, in this little break, they're sitting down and going to people and be like, you know, oh, you want another million dollars for the next season? How about we don't need you? You're the one we're going to kill. How's that sound? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, I mean, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. But also, a um, little while back... Guy that played Daryl, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah, there we go. He sold his house in Georgia. Yeah. And he now has another show with AMC. So it's quite possible that he already is out of the show. It's quite possible. The However. But also, because uh, the show is him on his motorcycle going around right. so it makes sense country. that if if he did go on if he it, it it also does make sense that if he went on this huge cross-country motorcycle trip that he might have not needed the house anymore and could be coming back and getting well, also i don't know when that show was filmed they could have just filmed that when season right 
you know, I, I, I don't know when they filmed it or how long it did, but they could have filmed it during the break between five and six. Yeah. Or even, you know, when season six wrapped up months ago, they could have just started filming this because it doesn't seem like they have all these effects and makeup. It's just, it's like, what? It's him on his bike going around the country to just. That's as much as I know. <laughs> like I saw a commercial and it's like, ride with Norman Reedus. Yeah, I like well before The Walking Dead, I only ever really saw him as um as one of the Boondock Saints. Right. So and now it's just like this biker badass yeah, ride with Norman Reedus. It's only six episodes. So that really isn't that much. You know, he could have also been filming that while doing The Walking Dead. You know, like in between episodes, he could have been just driving around as more say I don't know. Yeah, because I don't know what the show is. From all I, I've been, I I know as much of it as you do of just uh, yep. Trying to see actually, if there's any ride with Norman. When will Norman Reedus's new AMC show? Let's see. Walking Dead fans are having Daryl withdrawal. Um. The series will feature the motorcycle enthusiast act slash actor cruising around the country with fellow bikers, some famous, some not, exploring motorcycle culture and a new destination on each of the six one-hour episodes. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. And you know that it, what, it's only six episodes. It's six hours altogether. All the Walking Dead fans who like this guy are just going to check it out just to see him Yep, on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's it. I'm gonna vote for Glenn. I think I think Glenn will be the one killed. I think I think that audio. I just only listened to it once, but it, it did kind of sound like him. And uh, I think they're gonna follow the comic book close on this one. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go for killing Maggie. Maggie, yeah, get rid of this other baby that we'd have to be worrying about. Like we, they, they, we already have a baby to worry about, and plus, then that sets up a revenge story for Abraham. No, 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 for Glenn. For Glenn. Um, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it was if it was Aaron or Rosita because they're they're. No, you got to pick one. Pick one. I did pick one. I'm okay. just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of them because they're almost they're almost unnecessary right now. Aaron's the only um they basically they just don't have a whole lot of connection to any of the other characters anymore. Um so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say one more thing about uh Norman Reedus' show? He was about to fly to Texas for a ride with Paul Rubens. Yes, Daryl Dixon and Pee Wee Herman himself riding motorcycles together. <laughs> I can't imagine anything more compelling in a reality TV genre than this. I am flying into Austin, and from there we ride to San Antonio, where hopefully Paul will be waiting for me at the Alamo with a Pee Wee Herman bike so we can ride around. <laughs> I'm keeping my fingers crossed in hopes that we do the tequila dance together. <laughs> you got my vote. You got my view right there at that. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. But um, yeah, this has been a uh, a wonderful hodgepodge of topics on this 
wonderful episode of the Bean Holes. So we'll catch you here next week and uh, keep on beaning. Beaning. Harry Candy.